Hey guys, you're here with Dr. Molly and Todd Rowland, and we're bringing you the podcast, the business side of the pet industries. Today we're here with Curtis Hanvey of Hanvey Engineering Designs, and so we're going to kind of get with him. He does a lot in the mobile grooming space as far as the vans, the equipment for groomers, and then we're just going to see kind of the origins of how they got started. We're going to talk about maybe three of the top questions that if you're thinking about becoming a mobile groomer, that you need to ask yourself first. And then we're just going to talk about how there's enough of us in the industry and there's not enough of us in the industry that really we don't need to have competition. We all need to work together and network and see what we can do to make the industry and the projects, the equipment, everything, the education available, just better for the industry as a whole. So welcome, Curtis. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for, for asking me to be here with you. Yeah, so let's go in a little bit. A lot of people, I don't think, um, know the background of the Hanvey brand and where it came from and how you got started. So let's go on that. Well, it started with uh, with my mom. She's the groomer in the family. Um, she was a dental hygienist and had to let that career go for a medical condition. And a few years later, she started talking to me about washing dogs for a living. And um, it didn't take too long before I realized that um, what she was doing was a very physical job, you know, because you always think it's just kind of making the dogs look pretty and petting them and all that stuff until you have to groom them. Then all of a sudden you realize just how hard it is. And so basically I I ended up noticing all these things that she was doing, all these repetitious motions that were wasted energy. And I started designing stuff for her. And uh, probably the first thing we actually finished off as sort of a product for her to use with the lip systems um, with the hammocks, which right now you can see hammocks all over the place. Uh, We introduced hammocks and uh, I built the first one in 91 and took it to the market in 95. Uh, That's when we officially started the company. It took a few years. Uh, I was just building for her and and some of her friends. And eventually she she told me I should start selling it on the market. And so she took me to the Atlanta Pet Fair. And when I walked into the Atlanta Pet Fair, then there were probably about 800, 800 to 1,000 attendants. It blew my mind how many people were there. You yeah. know, uh, I, I didn't think of grooming as being a um, an industry. I mean, I always thought it was Farmer Jack's wife, you know, over here in the back barn grooming dogs, because that's pretty much where I was got grown when I was little. And um, um, but I just started making equipment for her. Um, I saw some things at the show that uh, that she she liked and some of them we bought and then some of them I designed for her in a different way. So it'd be a little different than what the, what was on the market, but it would fit her need. Right. And then in, so we started the company in 95. Um, by 2000, we were into the vans. Um, 1999 was when I was asked to, to join a team that was um, uh, building trucks, had been building trucks for some time. And so I let them build trucks for me for about a year and a half to two years. Um, and then we moved to moved it to North Carolina and started our own facilities. And now we've moved into our 95,000 square feet, which still blows my mind that we're actually needing that much space because I didn't anticipate the mobile and mobile grooming industry grow to this size to probably the the second half of the 20s. And uh, and I was thinking that would be what my son would be taking care of. But COVID totally changed the equation. Right. And it's just been huge, uh, especially since COVID. Yeah. We can see that not just uh, the amount of people that want to go mobile for the health and safety, but the convenience factor. Everyone got used to convenience Mm -hmm. and everyone got used to being home and having pets. So even those people that never really thought about a dog and everything that came with it, 
now they have. And we're just seeing, like you said, COVID just exploded the pet industry. And so there's a lot of people out there who want to jump in. They want to leave the salon. They want to jump into mobile. They see that they can make more money probably in mobile and all these benefits in mobile, but they're not necessarily, it's not for everybody. So what are your... Like it, top three questions. Yeah. That yeah that if you're thinking about going mobile, like what should you ask yourself first? Um, well, there's several things. One, you really know you really need to have your grooming, your basic grooming process well under your belt and understand your grooming. Because if you try to learn to groom and go mobile at the same time, oh, I, I would say it's probably about three times the difficulty of just starting up a shop, you know, or, or independent, where it's just, you know, just the groomer, grooming dogs, um, because you're having to learn everything. And so, so I have seen more groomers jumping into the, um, into the mobile first thing right out of school. And I have always done everything I can to discourage that because I have seen the track record for, for groomers that come straight out of school or straight out of training, or maybe straight out of one of the box, um, uh, one of the big box uh, grooming facilities that right. they tend to struggle more than my, my groomers who, you know, spent several years just drooling over getting into a van you know that already have their their grooming career down it's just what am i doing to to grow to my next stage um, right. but i have seen uh, i have seen several pleasantly surprise me you know but but the odds are a little challenging for anybody that just jumps into the truck and 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 tries to learn all their grooming and the mobile at the same time yeah oh i understand because not only that yeah like you said there's no one to help you you have to learn difficult dogs you have mm -hmm. to learn specific cuts you need to learn processes. And it's like, if you don't have all that down and you're learning all that, plus you're learning how to operate in a van, yep. plus you're having the business sense because now you own a business. Like, so yeah, mm -hmm. having the grooming part down definitely would make that transition a lot easier. It, it, it does. And so, um, and what we're doing here to, to help with that is we have, um, our facility is so large now that we have a, a, a section of our office complex that is set up just as a learning center. And in fact, we just launched it. Uh, well, we launched it a couple of weeks ago, but we had our first activity this week um, with uh, a couple uh, a couple of fleet companies um, training their key people to deal with maintenance issues and things with their their fleet operators or their their groomers. And um, and uh, that, that's going to help us out a lot because we're going to eventually be offering courses for them to come to the facility to take while their truck is being uh, manufactured or That's while they're awesome. waiting on the truck. Um, and, and we're trying to coordinate some things with other, other people like uh, Patsy Talent. Um, she's got a good program. Um, I'm right now. It sounds like I'm not guaranteeing this yet, but, but she, it does sound like we're probably doing some of her programs here and we're going to be seeking out other people that are wanting to teach on mobile grooming or in grooming general um, right. that we have a space here for them to be able to do something in the Southeast and then if we could get somebody like, say, even like Wagon Tails or, or somebody out west to do something similarly, we could have a group of learning centers. And that was one reason why I mentioned at one point about how we really aren't competitors. Right. You know, the market is not tapped out enough to start competing with, with each other. Um, if this is one of those markets where it's so young that right. yeah. we really all need to be working together to make sure that the groomers are as successful as possible in mobile and get as a positive experience in that first year as possible so that they can relax yeah. and not be so nervous about their startups. Because um, when there's other kind of tensions coming in the market, 
um, besides COVID, besides uh, trying to run your own business, it gets to be a lot, and it can kind of it can be hard on you in that first six months or a year for, for some groomers. So we're we're hoping to be able to help enhance some of the learning programs um, for the groomers in advance. In fact, we're offering a some mini scholarships with Pat, Patsy Talents of Speak. Uh, her, um, I call it, I say seminars all the time. That's a yeah. language word. But on her program, um, mm -hmm. I, I threw out a hundred dollar scholarship per person, up to 15 of them for that show. Oh, and wow. so I'm kind of hoping that some other people will jump on board with that. And instead of sponsorship, doing these little mini scholarships to help groomers get into these programs and learn more of what they need to, you know, learn more about, about the process. Oh, I agree. That's amazing. Yeah. The more things that these groomers have access to and then don't feel, you know, bombarded or that they have to pick a side or that they can only have one or the other and you know, they can actually go like we've noticed at the conferences. A lot of times there will be several different mobiles there and they're not at every every expo, every conference. But maybe these groomers that are thinking about it, like they said, uh, come tour the facilities, come, you know, meet with you guys, see the ins and outs, um, come to one of the shows and go through the vans, you know, and actually see the different setups, see the different options, learn the different systems and what might work in their area. You know, one of the positives for us that you guys have are, um, you know, the idle and we don't have the freezing issues and mm -hmm. things like that, that we may get with some of the other builds or the home builds. So it's just it's just all about education. But, yeah, if you can have that those resources and get set up before you even get started, like you said, that's going to make that experience positive And then you mm -hmm. feel prepared. We every expo we go to, even if we go to the same ones year after year, we we learn so much. Our team always picks up new skills, new you know the education portion of this industry is it is is awesome. Now it's really improving and it's being more accessible. Yeah, I, the thing that I, I'm I'm able to see now uh, is though that we we haven't quite figured out a way to set up what we you know what some would say like the grooming bible, because we we need our some of these lockdown fast rules like for instance you know um, how to safely handle a dog in drying if you're going to dry them in a kennel <laughs> little things like that um but 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 i, I am seeing now that i am having to re-educate a big part of our market again on like the bathing systems one of the earliest things we problems we had with the bathing systems was a perception that well i'm recirculating dirty water well, what they don't know is, is that your clothes do that. Your dishwasher does that. The wash cycle is always dirty. It's the rinse that takes it away. Right. And that little basic information is, has almost, it hadn't disappeared, but it almost feels like half of the market kind of forgot about that after we got everybody up to speed on that for, I'd say probably by 2008, we hardly heard that anymore. I mean, it was still being said, but not nearly like it was before, but in the last two or three years, it has been actually building up again and i'm running into more people that don't understand the values of the clipper vacuum systems um you know i wouldn't if, if, if i groomed for a while i groomed long enough just to be dangerous and uh, learn the process <laughs> uh, i actually thought i would want to be a groomer but for me it was a little bit too repetitious uh i'm one of those hyper spaz personalities because i know in our, our pre pre uh pre-interview i probably i was on a roll yesterday oh my gosh so <laughs> so i mean i can they call me ricochet around the plant and so um but uh, but we really, really I, I'm, I'm just hoping we can get the educational stuff down enough so that everybody will be going into the mobile with wide open eyes as to what to expect, because probably the biggest surprises that kind of come along with the fact that we're kind of losing some of this 
past education that doesn't seem to be retaining in the industry is that also with that is, well, you know, you need to be prepared for anywhere from two to three, maybe $5,000 a year in maintenance costs. You just never know. It's kind of dependent on which vehicle you choose, what type of vehicle you choose, what format, because now we have generators versus inverter battery banks, which is now basically throughout the market because we and our competitors are both now doing that. Um, and so just knowing, though, that, that it's going to be expensive sometimes, but you can't have a machine because, I mean, literally, these trucks are money-making machines. Right. You know it. I know groomers who make almost a quarter of a million dollars in these trucks a year. All right. Um, not very many of them. That's the exception. But it is not an exception for somebody to be in the $130,000 to $150,000 range. Right. Yeah. And if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably in about the 40 percent uh, are probably doing that well with it. Um, but if as as more groomers jump in that don't know all these rules, we're seeing that price, that that value, that value kind of dropping down some. And so we're just hoping we can just get everybody educated as well as we can before they get in a truck, because I, it's very disappointing and it hurts. Everybody, the industry hurts my feelings almost when I see somebody go out of mobile because yeah. of, well, I had to spend $3,000 on servicing my truck this year. Well, how many years, how much did you spend the previous two years? Nothing but fuel and oil. And you're wanting to get out of it because you just spent $3,000 on something that probably made you at least $300,000 over that period of time. You know, so, so it's just getting people up to speed on what the realities are of it, because I'd rather not sell one to somebody than to have them get in it and then six months, a year later, go out of the industry because it doesn't bode well for any of us. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, people just are, they see the, how much money they, other people may be making and they want to jump into mm -hmm. it, but then they don't think about, hey, you need to save X amount per month for repairs that are going to come along, you know, in that three or four yeah. year five. I mean, you're you're abusing these vans every day. I mean, you're starting them up at, you know, yeah. seven o'clock in the morning, not turn them off at seven at night. I mean, you got, you have to do maintenance well, <laughs> just like yeah. anything well, else. Especially compared to your household vehicles, you know, yeah. for a household vehicle, but nobody realizes how little those vehicles work compared to the vans. You know, you yeah. can put a couple of weeks into a van and put as much energy and time and drive on it and stuff as you would probably in six months in a car or maybe longer for some people. Yeah. So, uh, but I know that's kind of the negative side of things that we're kind of seeing going on. But I'm telling you what, though, there is no better place than mobile grooming because you can, there's just so much control. I'm, that, that's what I like to preach all the time is if you want control on your business, you want, you know, as much as you can, mobile is really the way to do it. Now, there are, you do lose a little control if you have some downtime, but you have to remember, you always have to offset with all the other control you have because you have full control on your clients. You have full control on your neighborhoods or your community where you work. Um, you have full control on your hours. I mean, I know groomers that, that are raising, you know, take dealing with kids in school. They will only groom a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the afternoon, and a couple hours in the evening. What other kind of career can you do that? Yeah. You know, it's awesome. so, so it's, it's really, really a good, good business to be in. And I'm enjoying the heck out of it. And so you have a class at the U.S. Pet Pro Classic next week, or this, this will air on mm -hmm. Monday. So this week. So uh, tell us a little bit about if someone's teeter-tottering on if they should take your class or another class. Give us a little bit of information on what uh, would make someone win. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is going to be the last year I'll do this particular presentation, and I wasn't supposed to be doing it this year. Um, mm -hmm. um, last year, we had come to an agreement that we're in the middle of a trans. Well, we're at the tail end of a generational transfer of the business. Uh, we've been doing it now for 13 years. It sounds like a long time, but uh, but I wanted to make sure that my son was totally ready for this. And so he had to go through the entire process 
right. building and making anything and everything and figuring out problems. Um, and uh, a couple of years ago, um, he took over the uh, primary operations position and uh, and Ashley, his wife. Uh, well, we were going to be speaking this year on a whole. We were going to kind of expand it and change it into something else. So this year, what I'm talking about is the same thing I did last year uh, on how to make more money while you're in mobile. Because there's a, a lot of little things that a lot of people don't realize, uh, like I may have mentioned to you before, um, like how you work neighborhoods. You know, that's one of the easiest ways to make more money a day is to make sure that you're not driving an hour, an hour and a half average every day. That's an hour. That's a groom. Yeah. So if you can minimize your, your road time and concentrate on neighborhood marketing so that when you go into a neighborhood like a, 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 a groomer that I knew named Bev, um, she could go into a neighborhood and be there regularly two days and you know, two days in a row sometimes three days. And you can only imagine how much she made and how much time it saved her because she wasn't driving. You know, yeah. and so she was working from seven to about one thirty, doing anywhere from nine to 11, sometimes 13 dogs a day. But you have to remember that was two weeks. A lot of them are two week dogs and it doesn't take long to do two week dogs. But those kind of things um, um, uh, are things that I'll be talking about, uh, even down to one uh, one little simple trick. And most of it's shared stuff that I got from groomers um, that they shared with me. Well, like, for instance, about collecting up towels. Just make sure all your groom, your, all your owners know that if they ever have any towels they're wanting to dispose of or get rid of, take with me because I might be able to use them, you know, uh, in the process. Well, that saves you a little money. It's not a yeah. lot, but it can be some. Um, just a lot of little things like that and some things, uh, tricks to the routing and um, a grooming process to save time. You know, like picking the right kind of tools uh, to, to, to save you some time in the grooming process. Awesome. Like yeah, that. that's definitely that's, that's a good class to take. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone and we're really to looking save forward time to and make more money. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really looking forward to next year because it'll me and Ashley both are going to work together for a while on, on presentations, and then she's going to go. She's going to have some on her own. Uh, Best Ashley Hanvey. Um, um, she, she's going to be speaking, and so um, uh, but we didn't get to this year because she got pregnant, and we had the baby in August, and she's not going anywhere with, without taking the baby. She can't do that right now. <laughs> Well, great. Yeah, we're excited to see um, where all the education goes, you know, where anything that you guys are improving, coming up with. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, at the Classic, you'll have a van there and a booth where people can come up and look and ask questions and mm -hmm. kind of figure out the handy process, right? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, we, I know we'll be in touch with you next week. We'll be there. And thank you for taking the time to share a little bit of information with us today. And sounds good. I appreciate your time. And uh, I'll be seeing you at the show. Yeah, uh, sure. I definitely want to talk some about some of the programs and stuff, because I think there's um, a lot of opportunities um, um, really not on the horizon. They're actually here now. So, so looking forward to it. Awesome. Uh, guys, make sure you uh, follow the podcast and like it.